Welcome, welcome to Wake Up to the Word. Let me get my microphone over here. So good to see you. Glad you are joining us. I have been away, <clears throat> and I have a little bit of a cough, so um, if I don't get to the cough button in time, I apologize ahead of time. We're glad you're here with us to uh, Old Testament Thursday. I have my coffee of the week. We have Krispy Kreme regular coffee. It's pretty good. I'm, uh, I know it's a little early, but I got my peppermint mocha creamer in there. Zero, zero sugar peppermint mocha creamer. And I'm, I was actually listening to some Christmas music yesterday. I know, I'm early. I, I, I love Christmas. I don't know what to tell you. Well, I was away uh, visiting friends. We had a great uh, celebration with a great friend of mine, uh, Lauren Mata, at his 70th birthday party. Um, he's an old guy. Yep, we know. Um, <laughs> but we love him. Had a great time there. Saw a couple of people who watched the podcast. Uh, look at the podcast uh, or listen to the podcast. And a couple of great comments. Uh, one of them, my, my friend Lorraine, Lauren's wife Lorraine, who I actually went to Bible college with. We were study partners. And I made a mistake over the last couple of weeks. It, it just was a mental block thing. Um, I said David had uh, three... 100 wives and 700 concubines, but it's Solomon, his son, who had that. So that's keep checking the word, folks. Uh, you know, even though it was a slip of the uh, the brain, because I'm almost as old as Lauren, um, <laughs> I uh, uh, I appreciate I appreciate the correction. So uh, great to great to get that input. And someone else who's going to remain nameless said uh, she listens to the podcast while she's in the shower, and I didn't know what to do with that. So uh, we'll uh, we'll get a good laugh out of it, I guess. So I don't. <laughs> I don't, I, it, not just while well, she's doing her morning routine in the bathroom, the whole thing. She puts it on. She has a, uh, a, a, a sound in there, and she she that's when she listens to it when she's get, doing her morning routine. So uh, we got a good laugh out of that when she said she listens to me in the shower. So I don't have a shower sound. I don't I don't know what to do with that one. So. Uh, <laughs> But I thought it was very funny, and uh, we are welcoming, welcoming today our eighth country listening in. If you did not know, obviously, we're being heard in the United States, but we're being heard in Canada, Mexico, the United Kingdom, Australia, Papua New Guinea, and Malaysia. And uh, just this week, we've had some folks joining us from the Bahamas. So welcome, Bahamas. We're glad you're here. Keep joining us. Share it with a friend. We love to get new people into Wake Up to the Word. And if you want more information about it, go to wakeuptotheword.com. Um, or is it .org? Wakeuptotheword.org. And you can uh, see Jeff's stack of stuff. And uh, thank you for all those who've replied that they go to it. Some people go to it regularly. Some people go to it sometimes. But I just want to make sure that it's being utilized, and that's awesome. Glad to put stuff up on Jeff's stack of stuff. So, <clears throat> cough button. Okay. So, uh, our reading, uh, I haven't been here for a while. So, uh, two weeks. You had two weeks worth, and I haven't... I haven't done a recording in a couple of weeks because I pre-recorded all the ones while I was on vacation. So I hope you had a great time with that. And if you noticed, I wore the same shirt every time because I did 
I recorded four episodes on the Wednesday before I left. So, uh... Here you go, uh, our reading for this week, Old Testament Thursday, on November 2nd. Um, we finished up out of October with 2 Samuel 9 and 10 and 1 Chronicles 19 and 20, and now uh, November 1st and 2nd, 2 Samuel 11 and 12, and Psalm 51 and 52. So altogether, we are... 2 Samuel 9 through 12, 1 Chronicles 19 and 20, and Psalm 51 and 52. So we've got your reading done there, and uh, I'm going to actually do Psalm 52 first because it's actually from some reading we did before. It connects to that. So um, it says, to the choir master, uh, a masculine of David, um, and this is David has come to the house of uh, Ahimelech, and that is 1 Samuel 21, which was uh, either a couple of weeks ago or um, so. But why do you boast of evil, O mighty men? O mighty man, steadfast love of God endures all the day. Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor, you, you worker of deceit. You love evil more than good and lying more than speaking what is right. You love all words that devour. A deceitful tongue it says at the end there, I wait for your name, for it is good in the presence of God. And so he's talking about the evil men that, that have come up against him. And so uh, he's lamenting up to God about that. And then at, at, towards the end, he says, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever because you have done it. So he's he's praising God for for coming in, uh, in to support him. Um, and we'll come back to 51 in a minute, but I'm going to go back to 2 Samuel. Oh, and also <clears throat> I noticed uh, as I just uh, glanced uh, at the videos to make sure everything was processing correctly, um, I noticed that my light was like up here. So, you know, that my light for my book is was up here and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like so in the way. So I brought it back down here. So it's not, you don't see it. I was like, that's annoying. Why did I not notice that before? So my apologies for that bad light placement. So let me do the second Samuel. Um, I gotta get back here. Come on, Sammy. Second Sammy, Second Sammy, Second Sammy. That's First Samuel, and we'll go to Second Samuel, and we got some cool stuff going on here in Second Samuel uh, nine and ten, and nine through twelve. So, um, where we have um, David's kindness to Mephibosheth, and I talked a little bit about this. Um, sorry about that again with the light thing. Uh, I talked a little bit about this. Um, the other. Uh, one of my last episodes, my uh, good friend Lauren Decker, not the birthday guy, Lauren Mata, but my different spellings actually too. Um, <clears throat> but um, uh, he wrote a book uh, and um, he tells a story about uh, Mephibosheth. And so uh, that's, that's worth going to get. I put a link on uh, Jeff's stack of stuff. So you could, uh, you could find that book if you wanted it. And um, 
But anyways, uh, in, within this story, David goes and hunts down uh, Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth is a son of, uh, of uh, Saul. And so, uh, rightly, um, son of Jonathan, excuse me, it says, And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, so grandson of Saul, uh, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth, uh, behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not, this is nine, do not fear, I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. So, um, What's going on here is Mephibosheth is uh, in in the escape during the siege when his father and his father and his grandfather died. Uh, he was uh, ended up crippled, and we read some of that story where he injured his legs. And back then, uh, medical uh, help being what it is, he ended up hobbled and crippled in both his feet. And so uh, David had every right, uh, according to the laws of the land, and. Uh, uh, to to kill an heir of a king, since he is the king now, and uh, a new family line, uh, he had every right to to either just let Mephibosheth wander off and be be nobody, uh, or kill him himself. Uh, but he chose kindness, and so uh, this is a great great lesson in that um, when 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 people. Uh, have either placed themselves or they are in places of authority over you, we don't reject those people. We show them kindness. When people are in a bad situation, we show them kindness. Even though we have maybe full authority to be angry, to be uh, um, uh, vengeful, uh, we don't do it because God's called us to show kindness. And this kindness... Uh, was both to uh, him, Mephibosheth, and the servants. Um, he, he had him come and live at his home. So that's what um, God has called us to this kind of kindness. When, when we are up against something that seems to be pushing at us and pushing at us, show kindness in return. That's a hard lesson to learn. And, and many of us uh, sh struggle in that. And I know, uh, you know, I don't always get this right, but um, it, it's something that we got to strive towards um, because uh, it's his kindness that leads to repentance. When someone is, is uh, in a position of authority over you or, or in doing you wrong or uh, talking bad about you, uh, the response is not to, to respond in evil in kind or hateful in kind. The response needs to be kindness and forgiveness and, and grace. And boy, that just shows the mind and the heart of God. And, and so that's what we need to strive for because people are watching. And when unbelievers watch believers re respond uh, with vengeance and anger and rage, um, then they don't believe in the God that you believe in. And I'm not saying that, you know, you've, you've sinned beyond repair and that, uh, you know, now you're bound for hell. We know, we know God has grace and, and, and it's sufficient for our, for our shortcomings. But we need to uh, rise above our emotions and uh, let the Spirit lead us in our responses. And uh, very seldom, very seldom uh, is 
the spirit going to lead us to respond in anger? Uh, I only saw Jesus do it once uh, through the book. And uh, that was to those who were leading people astray from the kingdom, not to... Uh, not uh, not those who are already lost. So we don't we don't respond to the loss that way. Okay, uh, we're gonna keep moving. Uh, David defeats the Am the uh, Ammon and Syria, and uh, they 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 uh, they shamed some of some of his men there. They shaved off their beard, and and cut off their their clothing and sent them out in shame. <clears throat> David tries to restore them, but letting them stay in the city until their beard grows back. There's there's something to that um men having their beards um and so uh david raises his men up and goes uh, after those guys and uh they they bail they back down they they don't fight and they and they defeat them and uh killed uh, 700 chariot uh men of chariots and 40,000 horsemen and uh he just goes in and lays siege to them and then we come to 11, and this is, um, I'm going to uh, slow it down a little bit, and because uh, <clears throat> in the spring, chapter 11 of 2 Samuel, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go to battle, David sent Joab, his servant with him, and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged, the Rab, uh, besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. Okay, here's the thing. We, we look at this as there's battles that we need to engage in, spiritual battles. We need to always be preparing and gathering with the army that God has given us. In the springtime, when kings go out to battle, David stayed home. David got complacent. And this is what happens when we get complacent. And I just heard somebody talk about complacency recently. Um, the, we, 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 um, yeah, that was last night at Word on Wednesday. Luke talked about it. Um, just complacency is this place where we find ourselves where, um, where we get lazy and it's an opportunity for evil. And that's exactly what happened here as David goes up on the roof and he sees Bathsheba bathing. Now, I'm not saying that Bathsheba was totally innocent in this. Um, David goes up on the roof. I'm not saying he was totally innocent in it. But what he got lazy and wasn't doing the things he was supposed to do and let himself be in a place where he could be tempted. And obviously, uh, most of us know this story. He sent for her. He laid with her. They had a, uh, she got uh, impregnated and then he calls uh, her husband. She's married to Uriah, the Hittite. And he's one of the guys, uh, leaders of the armies. And David calls him back, hoping that he'll go home and lay with his wife. But he feels guilty because the whole camp is out there on a campaign and he's home in comfort and he won't, he won't go. He lays out outside and sleeps and uh, so he sends him back and uh, instructs the army, the leaders of the army, to to advance and then leave him there uh, to be killed by the enemy. So in essence, David put a hit on him and had him killed. And um, then he, after the mourning period, he takes 
uh, Bathsheba as his wife. And God is not pleased. And it says that right at the end of 12, uh, excuse me, the end of 11, but the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. And the Lord now would talk to Nathan and, and, and reveal to him all that had happened. David comes and rebukes, I mean, excuse me, Nathan comes and rebukes David. And uh, I'm at nine of chapter 12. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be your wife. And the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have, that's me, the word of the Lord, and taken the wife of Uriah. Notice it says, uh, you despise the word of the Lord. And then it treats the word of the Lord as uh, a singular person within the, within, the, within, this, within the sentence. So he's, because you have departed your house, because you have despised me. Despised me who? The word of the Lord. And so when you see these little constructs, these sentence constructs, it brings you back to that key that unlocked it in John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word what? The Word of the Lord. This is the reference to Jesus before he was Jesus. Jesus is his name. Uh, Yahshua was his name as a, uh, as a man, born as a man. That's the name he was given. Um, but before that, before he became a man before he was born in Bethlehem. He still existed because he's eternal God. So as the Godhead, he was the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to, come to Nathan and then revealed David's sin to him. Um, and David tells him, nevertheless, because this is 14 of chapter 12, nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who is born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his house. So the child gets sick, and David mourns before God. It is contrite and and uh, uh, um, fasts and uh, sackcloth ashes the whole thing. Um, and then the child he gets word that the child dies, and uh, he gets up, he refreshes himself, and he goes and eats. And this surprises people. So um, then his servant said to him, this is uh, 21 of verse 12 of chapter 12. Uh, what is this thing you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. He said, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. Um, there's a perspective. Um, great loss. Child dies, no question. But David is assured that he will go and be with the child. Obviously, he's talking about when he dies. But the child can't come back from the dead. But David is assured that he will be there with the child uh, when his life is over. And so then the very next verse, uh, 24 of chapter 12, then David comforted his wife Bathsheba and went into her and lay with her and she bore a son. 
and he called his name Solomon, or in the real Hebrew, Shlomo. And the Lord loved him and sent a message by Nathan the prophet, so he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. Um, and Jedidiah means beloved of the Lord. So here's here's the thing. Great sin before the before God, adultery, murder, uh, but but contrition, repentance, and then the very next thing that God does is yes, there's consequences. There were consequences to that sin, but that does not mean that God can't still use you, because Solomon, uh, one of the wisest, is the wisest king that had more wisdom because he asked God for it, but is in the line of the Messiah. So we understand that, that, that God still used David and Bathsheba, even though their entire relationship was founded on sin. There was repentance, there was remorseful, there was turning, um, and they were contrite before God. So don't ever let someone say, don't ever let yourself believe that your sin has been too grievous that God can't use you. As long as you own it, own your sin, and and the consequences of that sin. There may be consequences that are tough to deal with, um, but but sin has its consequence, both in this life uh, and in your relationship with God. But it can be restored, and God can still use you in great ways. This is the very proof of that. Um, so uh, the next is First uh, Chronicles nineteen. I jump over the kings. First Chronicles nineteen is. A lot of this is the same. The Ammonites disgraced David's men. Uh, that was I told them they shaved their beards off and, and, and sent them uh, with half their clothing all gone, and uh, and and the Syrians defeated them, and <clears throat> and then in chapter twenty he captures Rabbah, and that that uh, is the same story without the Bathsheba part because it starts off the same way. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go to war. David remained in Jerusalem. So um, let me get a drink here. <clears throat> so, um, and then this the, the only part that's really different is the last part of 20, starting uh, at 4, and it talks about uh, after, after this they arose uh, war with the Philistines at, at Gezer. Then uh, uh, Sebekai, the Hushathite struck down Sipe, who was one of the descendants of the giants. And the Philistines were subdued. And then we come in a little bit in five, and there again with the Philistines, Elanon, the son of Jair, struck down Lami, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite or Hittite, um, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam, same kind of description, big guy. Um, and it says, and there was war at Gath, and there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot, 24 in number, and he also was descendant from the giants. And when he taunted Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimea, David's brother, struck him down. 
These were descendants from the giants in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. So there's still giants in the land, and and God is sending David in. He's sending Israel in to conquer the land and destroy those who were the result of the genetic rebellion that took place in Genesis chapter 6, and then again thereafter, when the when the sons of God came to the daughters of men. And so God is cleansing the land. He's cleansing the genetic makeup of his creation. And so uh, then I'm, now I'm going to go finally all the way back to Psalm 51. And this is David's psalm after his sin and uh, his where his heart was. And uh, have mercy on me, O God. And if you've sinned, this is a great psalm to come to with with one with one caveat, um, which I'll talk about. But I'm going to read through a portion of this. First, I'm going to cough. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, and you only, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words, and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, And in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear your joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Here's something you may remember. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. As I read through that, um, several things uh, I want to note in you know, if you're struggling and you know that you've you you you're sinned and you and you're you're uh, feeling low before God, have mercy on me. Just ask Him to have mercy on you. He wants to bring mercy. He wants to bring back joy. It's an interesting part. David David talks about he was conceived in in iniquity. I was brought forth in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. It's really thought that David was not. Um, he was like a half brother to his other brothers. That's why he was out in the field. Is that uh, Jesse may have had a, a you know a, a a concubine that David was um, uh, the result of, <clears throat> and um, even more interesting that uh, David is is the king that God's using him mightily, and then Solomon born of the same type potentially a relationship and and he's going to become the king as well and be a great king because God takes repentant hearts he takes sin 
and turns it on its head for his good. And so uh, the only caveat I would love to give you here is that uh, this Old Testament concept of the Holy Spirit, it says, cast not away from me your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. When we are born again, when we are call and surrender our hearts to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're indwelled with the Holy Spirit, and that cannot be removed from us. Um, the Holy Spirit indwells us forever, and we will not lose that. David, in the Old Testament, had the capacity for the Holy Spirit who was upon him to be taken off of him. If that did happen with Saul, he lost the Holy Spirit. And others had the Holy Spirit temporarily. That's a different in the New New Covenant, in the New Testament covenant. But David was well aware of that, and he still wanted to create a clean heart. What can happen is you can grieve the Holy Spirit, and you can um, uh, quench the Holy Spirit, his power and his voice. And so... Uh, you feel distant from God because you don't hear from the spirit within. You're not listening. You're not paying attention. You might even intentionally not be listening. Um, and God wants to restore that relationship. Read through that psalm. Read through the whole psalm. And uh, if you need restoration with God, it's a beautiful psalm and a beautiful place to start restoring your relationship with God and watch him do great things in your life. That's all I got for you today. Love you guys so much. Glad to be back. Join us tomorrow for New Testament Friday. This is episode 87 on November 2nd, 2023. See you tomorrow.